Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome what I would call an implementation guru from Singapore, Mr. Robin Speculant. Robin, welcome to the show. Thank you for the invitation to join you. It's a real pleasure and honor. Thank you. Thank you, Ashutosh. Thank you. Uh, Robin is a, a strategy and digital implementation specialist. Uh, he's the author of five books. His latest book is shown on the screen, which is The World's Best Bank, A Strategic Guide to Digital Transformation. And in addition to all the strategy that he implements, he's also a keen competitor in the Ironman. So uh, Robin, uh, let's talk strategy and implementation. Most people focus on strategy. Why do you focus on strategy implementation? Uh, there's a very short answer to that one, which I'll give you first, which mm -hmm. is that's the part I enjoy the most because you see the impact. Mm -hmm. So to put it a little bit more succinctly, customers don't notice your strategy. Mm -hmm. They notice your implementation. You can have the greatest plan in the world, but customers aren't going to notice it unless you can drive it and impact them through the implementation. So for me, that's where I see the impact, the results, and that's what drives me. My passion is to help organization and leaders make the impact for their own customers and business. So the strategy is the promise, but the implementation delivers. Amazing. So, you know, you remind me of that very old phrase, the devil is in the detail. Yeah, it, it's absolutely true. And then it's the implementation, implementation, implementation. Wonderful. So, yeah. Wonderful. So tell me, what are some of the challenges in implementation once a strategy has been finalized? Well, let me give it a little bit of positioning first, then I'll go into mm -hmm. the challenges. Yeah. So, and it's a great question. The, the first part is, Think of, I mean, there are many different definitions of strategy. The one I use that connects is mm. strategy is about making the right choices. Correct. So you've chosen to, to start the podcast and mm. help, you know, the next generation of leaders. A company chooses which market, which product, which platform it will use. Mm. Therefore, what is implementation all about? Implementation is about taking the right actions mm -hmm. so then it's about we're busy every day but are you taking the right actions mm -hmm. now the challenge to answer your question is somewhere between that thought and action there's a gap mm -hmm. and in that gap leaders lose the motivation the inspiration the drive that they had in the strategy meeting mm -hmm. and one of the biggest challenges is not just to have that initial launch with a fanfare and the CEO on, CEO on stage launching the new strategy. Mm -hmm. It's about then following through and driving it into the organization. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the big challenges. The other two I will mention mm -hmm. is that leaders underestimate the implementation challenge. Mm -hmm. And I mean this with all respect, they craft the strategy and then unbelievably, many of them go, okay, uh, I've done the strategy. That's mm. the hard bit. Right. Implementation is easy. You mm. go and do it. Mm. It's not. Mm. If it was easy, we wouldn't have such a high failure rate. Mm. 
Correct. And the third key thing, mm -hmm. uh, we've been researching strategy implementation under my company, one of my three companies, mm -hmm. Bridges, for 21 years. Mm -hmm. Every research we do is poor communication. Mm -hmm. Even though leaders know they have to communicate, they get distracted by the day-to-day you know, the pandemic, other things happening around them, and they stop communicating about the implementation of the strategy. Mm. And when leaders stop talking and doing it, so do their team. Mm. You know, you're so right. Uh, you know, when I was used to lead large teams in my, in my corporate career, the whole focus used to be the board would sit down and debate for three days, what will our strategy be for the next three years? <laughs> Once, yeah. the doc, the, once the, the three-year plan was ready, then it was someone else's job to go and make sure that it was met. And I think what you're saying is so, so critical. So <clears throat> tell me, once uh, uh, the, the strategy document has been prepared, what, in your opinion, is uh, uh, the way forward to, make, to, to implement in, in a clear and cogent way? Great question again. So what does it take to then drive it through the organization? Mm -hmm. Well, we know it's the leader's responsibility mm -hmm. to craft the strategy, but research, not by myself, but was published in Harvard a few years ago, showed us that only 8% of leaders mm -hmm. have both the ability to craft and implement the strategy. So the gap that exists is We've been taught as leaders how to plan, but not how to implement. Right. And one of my other companies, one of the other three companies I run is called the Strategy Implementation Institute. Mm -hmm. And in that, we offer to fill that gap by offering an online course. Mm -hmm. So the first challenge is leaders don't have the skill for which they need. Mm -hmm. The other challenge that we see so frequently with the leaders is that then in strategy, you know, you Google strategy, there's hundreds of frameworks okay. and templates and tools. Mm. Google strategy implementation, not quite so many. Very true. So they need the tools, the techniques, and the frameworks mm. that are so often missing. Mm. And without them, they're left to wander on their own without any direction or help. So they're missing that structure, the frameworks, the templates and the tools that they need to help them succeed, to set them up for success. Very interesting. And from a board perspective or from a leadership perspective that mm. defines strategy, uh, where does accountability come in when you look at implementation? Uh, <laughs> this is a debate that's gone on for quite a while. So yeah. it's a, a mm. very relevant question. You know, who holds responsibility? Correct. It's been typically it's recognized the senior leadership, the C-suite mm. are responsible for crafting the strategy. Mm. And I, I was smiling earlier with one of your comments, because in one of my books, Beyond Strategy, mm. I actually started it. The opening line is the board has signed off. Mm. So what's next? Mm. So the board <laughs> give the direction. But. You know, just reflecting, and thank you for emphasizing my new book, The World's Best Bank, mm -hmm. when DBS, a bank in Singapore that you'll be familiar with from yeah. your time here, mm -hmm. it was the board in 2013, so eight years ago, mm -hmm. who realized they had to change 
or they were going to die. And they gave the leaders 200 million Singapore dollars. Mm -hmm. So about 137 um, million US, US dollars yeah. and said, go and play with digital. It's mm. not, you're not being held accountable. It's not on your scorecard, but see what you can do with digital. Mm. So this is an example of where the board came in recognizing that they can support the leaders mm. in helping craft the strategy. But at the end of the day, direct answer to your question is, the you know, it, it stops at the senior leader, at the C-suite. They're responsible for identifying. Let's face it, that's why they get the big bucks. Correct. What is our next strategy? How will we remain competitive? Which market should we be in? Which platform should we be on? That's what they have to keep looking at constantly. Fascinating. And uh, since you spoke about DBS Bank and 200 million Singapore dollars to be spent, oh, it's sanctioning sanction to be spent to create a digital strategy. Talk to me a little bit about how important is digital in implementation and strategy. It's obviously today, everyone is using some component of digital. Right. And uh, you know, I, I was doing a, a presentation last night for a client and one of the, uh, I do a quiz on myths and facts about digital. And the f last question is always a fun one that says, who's responsible for driving digital? Mm -hmm. The CEO, myth or fact? Mm -hmm. And then I joke that it's a myth because it's COVID that has driven digital. <laughs> So we all know what the impact's been of the pandemic. Mm. The critical question is what component or which aspect of the emerging technologies and digital are you adopting? So every implementation today has some component of digital embedded in it. Mm -hmm. But I'll just add one very important warning is that it's not about having a digital strategy. Now, huh? Everyone talks about a digital strategy, Correct. but that's a red flag to me. As mm. soon as I hear someone say that, why? Because it's about having a strategy in a digital world. Mm. Now, this is not just uh, playing with words. The difference is that when you have a strategy in a digital world, you broaden your perspective. Mm. Whereas a digital strategy, you narrow, you're too myopic. So when you have a strategy in a digital world, you're much more aware of what's mm. happening around you and you're able to then track, keep the chain, keep to the pace because externally the winds of change blow faster today mm. than they do internally. Mm. What does that mean? It means companies are mostly playing catch up to what's happening around them. Mm. Fascinating. And, uh, you know, your response gives me a segment to my next question, which is leaders and teams. Leaders formulate strategy. Leaders are accountable for strategy, but implementation has to be done by teams. Yes. So I'd love to get some examples or anecdotes without any names on where you think strategy implementation has worked and some where strategy impl implementation has not worked. Uh, absolutely. And I, I would just add in that mm. the role of the leader mm. is shifting and continues to. So, for example, in the 20th century, mm. leadership was very much command and control mm. because most leaders came out of the Second World War and the army. Correct. And it was do as I say, do as you're told, mm. clock in, clock out. Mm. 
Then in the 21st century, as creativity and innovation started to embed itself, mm-hmm. leaders shifted from command and control to coaching and guiding. Correct. And that impacts their role. Now, today, mm-hmm. it's changing again. Mm-hmm. And the term we use for that is it's shifting from vertical leadership, mm-hmm. which is meaning you have to go up the line to get approval, budgets, permissions, signatures, mm-hmm to horizontal leadership correct where leaders are coaching and guiding their teams to mm. then drive it mm. that it, one company that does this extremely well which you know the, the world's best bank is all about mm. is dbs mm. where the ceo a gentleman called Piers gupta mm-hmm. he's a very good friend of mine there we go mm-hmm. it's a small world and yes. he's you know he's been you know, there since 2009. Mm. And, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, he and I were presenting together for the Thinkers 50 conference in Europe. Mm. And, you know, he was saying while we were chatting, you know, Robin, you can't take it on all yourself. You've got to then get others to do it. Correct. So, you know, you use the term, you know, a thousand flowers bloom. So you've Mm. got to plant the seeds and get people so you, and then guide them. So DBS, it's worked extremely well. Mm. And we tend to see, you know, the, the usual suspects, it's where the leadership have recognized mm. that they're changing. And if I can sum it up in a just one uh, example, mm. leaders go from being the first to speak in a meeting to the last. Mm. What? Now, what do I mean? Mm. Typically, you start the meeting, everyone gathers, and the leader kicks off with the agenda. Mm. But for example, in digital transformation, it's a plethora of activity among the employees, mm. such as design thinking, hackathons, customer journey mapping, data analytics. And we go to the meetings to find out what the employees are doing and how they're improving the customer experience. And you listen first, and then you coach and guide them. So, you know, very big change in the way we're working today. Very interesting. So my next question to you is about culture. You know, I have worked across countries, worked yeah. with different companies, and culture determines a lot of how the company will proceed. I'd love to get your perspective on how does culture impact strategy and strategy implementation? Absolutely. And it's one of the favorites whenever we do a post on this or a discussion. Mm -hmm. And I will give it a very succinct explanation. Mm -hmm. Two companies can have the same strategy, Mm -hmm. but how they implement is driven by the culture. Correct. So, for example, uh, let's take the airlines. You Mm -hmm. have Singapore Airlines and United Airlines. Yeah. Singapore Airlines is known for its efficiency, its standard of service. You know, it's constantly ranked as one of the best airlines in the world. Correct. Now, United also flies similar paths to Singapore Airlines, also offer movies, meals. Mm. So what's the difference? It's in the culture of the airlines. Mm. And you might remember just a couple of years ago, there was a gentleman called Dr. Dow mm. who was on a United flight, and this was you know, viral across the world, Mm. where United overbooked and they physically dragged the passenger because he'd already had a seat on the plane and was sitting there and they asked him to get off the flight. And he said, no. Mm. And they physically dragged the customer out of the plane. Mm. I mean, unbelievably. Mm. 
you know, and he had a bloody mouth and, you know, bleeding from the mouth, you know. Now, what kind of airline, you know, that the culture dictated how, why they did it. Mm. Uh, just two quick things to add on to that story. Mm. Interestingly, it was an algorithm inside United Airlines that told them this passenger was the least profit, provide the least profit going forward. Okay. But he ended up suing the airline for 140 million US dollars. So he had the last laugh. Amazing. But it's the, you know, the culture drives the way you implement. Fascinating. Fascinating. So my next question to you is on, on review. Uh, strategy is reviewed maybe once in six months or in the annual planning cycle. Uh, in most organizations. Yeah. How often should strategy implementation be reviewed? Again, I'm smiling because your timings. I just finished work with a client <laughs> Monday, Tuesday for their end of year leadership meeting. And this was the conversation. You're spot on. My, my viewers may just think that you and I had a separate session in practicing this. <laughs> and we did it. <laughs> okay. So, you know, it's, it, most organizations, they only pull the strategy out every six months, as you said. Mm. Now, it's crazy. Mm. This is the future of your organization. Correct. And you're only looking at it once or twice a year. So mm. what's the implication? Mm. By the time you review it, small mm. problems snowball into big problems. If you're going in the wrong direction, mm. people have been working on it for half a year before mm. you correct it. Mm. It's not enough. So we need to change what I call the review rhythm or the review mm -hmm. cadence, mm -hmm. which is the frequency of which you review. Mm. And that means the C-suite mm. should be reviewing the strategy at least at a minimum mm. every quarter, mm. which goes with the rhythm of most organizations. Mm -hmm. In a department, they should be reviewing the implementation within their business unit, their vertical, every two weeks wow. okay. and here's the crunch as a leader you should be asking your direct reports every week mm -hmm. not all of them but across the your your team randomly asking how are you getting on now i'll add one more quick thing we're not talking about sitting down with your employee for one hour in a board you know in a, in a breakout meeting and discuss it's a 10 minute check-in mm. so you go over and it's also, you're looking forward, not backwards. Mm. So you're not reviewing their performance. You're saying, how are you getting on with the right actions to implement? Mm. Do you need support? Remember, you're coaching and guiding, not command and control. So check-ins, which come from Agile, and many companies are adopting Agile, is the methodology. So every week with your employees, every two weeks in your business vertical, mm. quarterly across the C-suite. Fantastic. So, uh, Robin, I have time for two, maybe three more questions. Um, My pleasure. I'm going it's to come. Delight chatting. Ah, <laughs> but I'm going to come back to the pandemic. I'd like to understand from you how has the pandemic impacted implementation of strategy? And okay. then I have a follow-up question to that would be: How has the pandemic? Um, thrown up new opportunities in employment. Oh, okay. So let me take the first one. Yeah. Um, now, we all know that, that the pandemic accelerated digitalization. There's been enough okay. written, uh, talk, uh, spoken about that. Mm. But what about what else has happened around it? Mm. What's changing is that you know the, 
the life cycle of strategy is dramatically shorter. Now, you and I are similar ages mm -hmm. uh, in terms of you and I can remember when you set a vision for maybe 10 or 15 years ahead mm -hmm. and your strategy was maybe seven or eight years, even 10 years. Mm -hmm. Today, the average strategy is only three years. Okay. And in some industries, they don't even have a strategy anymore. Mm. They continuously experiment, mm. throw it at the wall, see what sticks. MVP, minimum viable products, get it out there. Mm. So the first thing is we have many more strategies. Now, what's the roll on effect of that? If your strategy life cycle is every three years, mm. it means, of course, you're implementing more frequently. Mm -hmm. And remember earlier, I said to you, leaders have been taught how to plan, but not how to implement. Correct. So as a result, there's that gap that even though we're still struggling, so that's been one of the biggest impacts. Implementation is more important mm. than ever because the pandemic has shortened strategy life cycles. Mm. And your follow-up question was, just remind me, my apologies. Was, was uh, given all the problems of the pandemic, what are the opportunities that have been thrown up for the digital ah, lovely. strategy? Yeah, so, so the opportunities are phenomenal. And I'll give it to you from a different perspective, mm -hmm. which is very much you know, from, from myself. Digital reset the competitive start line. Correct. Uh -huh. What do I mean by that? You know, we always used to talk about Silicon Valley when we mm -hmm. talked about innovation or creativity. Yeah. But from about 2016, 17, what started to happen globally mm. was that it didn't matter whether you were sitting in New Delhi, Singapore, mm. New York, or Silicon Valley. Mm. Everybody had an opportunity with the new emerging technologies mm -hmm. to start. So what's shifted, one key chain that difference is speed is more important today than mm. size. So you may have read recently in the news Johnson & Johnson have broken up. Correct. GE has broken up. Yeah. Why? Because sm small is more important. Mm. You look at companies like Hire out of China who are in the appliance business. Yeah. They run it with 4,000 micro enterprises so they can work faster. Mm. So the opportunity today in a nutshell is those who work fast and respond to the market and more importantly to their customer. And I'll give you one quick example. Mm -hmm. I love in hire and I'm you know a fan of their structure. They have an expression, I don't know if you've heard it, mm -hmm. they say zero distance. Okay. Which means there's zero distance between the feedback from the customer to the production line. Wow. It doesn't get lost in committees, mm. bureaucracy. It's straight, the voice of the customer is straight to the production line mm. to improve their, and it's working because they're now the most successful appliance. And okay. just a couple of years ago, they bought GE appliances. I know, I know. Wow. Robin, on that note, uh, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you. I should have, I went so fast. That's all we have time for. Yeah, we only have time for that. We've spoken for almost 24 minutes now. Wow. But uh, thank you for talking to me at such length about uh, strategy implementation, about the it's digital world. Great question. Thank you for talking to me about your book, The World's Best Bank. Um, and uh, thank you for giving me such amazing examples. Good luck. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. for. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast. 
platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.